What's up, guys? It's Devo with Uncle Theo. Today is day 10. We're going to be covering chapters 28 through 30. And last time, Dustin, we left off in 27, and we saw that Rebecca sent Jacob away because Esau's fear was hot. He wanted to kill his brother. But at the end of that chapter, it makes a statement that you pointed out after we finished. It said, you remember when Esau married uh, a Hittite? It says, this is chapter 27, verse 46. Rebecca said to Isaac, I am tired of living because of the, what does it say there, bro? Hittite women. The Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of the Hittites like these from the daughters of the land, what good is my life to me? She <laughs> knows the promise and she knows the seed needs to go through Jacob. So Jacob is sent away. That's where we are. Chapter 28. He sent away. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, you shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Does that sound? Does that ring a bell to you? Amen. Just like his daddy. And we keep moving forward. And verse four says, May he also give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you, LSB, descendants, seed, that you may possess what? Land of your sojournings, which God give to you. He also give you the blessing of Abraham over and over. I'm going to beat this drum until we understand this is a major theme in this text. So in verse nine, we see it's Esau's trying to correct some things. Look at what he does. Esau went to who? Ishmael <laughs> and married besides the wives that he had. So it's like, man, he's trying to make up for what he did wrong, but he's still not doing right. He's still married the, the wrong, wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's check this out in verse 28. We got to talk about this. It says, verse 12, he had a dream and behold, a ladder was set on earth with this top reaching the heaven and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. All right, we got to break it down. You my angel guy. And so what is happening here? We got a stairway to heaven and we got a ladder and angels are going up and down on it. You got a few positions here. Some people even use this verse to take the position of their, there's guardian angels. I think that's a bit of a stretch. What I think is happening here is God is showing Jacob that he is accessible. Heaven is connected to earth and Jacob has access to heaven. Why do I say that? Because in these chapters, you see a preposition increasing a lot. It's this word with. And he was with God and God was with him. And God was with him that over and over. I don't know. You just see an increase of that in this section of the text. And I think this is a illustration capturing that God is with Jacob by showing you, look, let me show you how I'm with you. You have access to me. I'm accessible. I'm your God. The covenant will flow to you. Continue to walk with me and allow me to be your God. You don't have to scheme, Jacob. That there, bro, isn't that good? No, amen. And it says it here, look at verse 15. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I promised. I am with you. And look at what happens here. That place is called Bethel. 
which means house of God. This is setting up for temple. This is this will be the temple of the living God. God is with us. When we are made holy, we proclaim this. God is with us. He has not left us. We're going back to Eden, bro. We're going back to rest. God is with us. And he says, I'm going to get you all back to Eden. But what do we need? We need a second Adam to do it. Amen. The first Adam can't accomplish it. And we hadn't found the seed yet. And so this place is called Bethel. But look, Jacob's a schemer. Look at what he says in verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me on this journey that I take and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then I'll let you be my Lord. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, we say don't serve the gifts, but the giver for a reason, right? We see Jacob. He's saying, man, if you give me some food, you feed my belly. You give me some clothes. You give me some shelter. You bring me back. If you bless me, I'll bless you. It don't work like that, bro. And God has to train him. This man needs to be refined. And we'll see him refine as we continue to move. Jacob reminds me of that it's the race that's set before us. Mm -hmm. It's not how we begin the race. It's not about the middle of the race, but it's about the, the end of the race. The finish, the finish product. That's it. And that's we are about to get a finished product. You remember ironic retaliation? Guess what God is about to do with this schemer? Right. Since you want to scheme, Jacob, I'm going to introduce you to an even bigger, badder, and bolder schemer. Let's meet Laban. Mm -hmm. And let's meet him in chapter 29. So Jacob meets Rachel in this chapter. When Jacob meets Rachel, he kissed her. We see that in verse 11. He kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. So when Laban, meet Laban, little schemer, meet your match. Meet bigger schemer. See, you've been playing Connect Four. You've been playing checkers. You about to meet somebody that plays chess. All right, let's talk. So when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister, son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into his house. And he related to Laban all these things. Laban said to him, what's the problem here? Jacob related to him all these things. One thing you don't do with a schemer, one thing you don't do with a con artist is give him too much information, all the juice. As the young people say, he got all the tea. He got everything to work with now, and he can use it against him. And so verse 16, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and face. Verse 19, Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than give her another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. Fake schemer, meet the real schemer. <laughs> then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is complete that I may go into her. In verse 24, Laban had also gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came about the morning that behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? Was it not Rachel that I served with you? 
Why have you what? Deceived me. Meet your match, Jacob. But Laban said, it is not the practice of our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Look at them moving. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also for the service, which you shall serve with me for another seven years. So Jacob did so and completed her week, and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. But look at this. Look at verse 30. It says, so Jacob went in to Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban another seven years. Verse 31, now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was what? Barren. Barren. That's the thing that I keep talking about. So Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. And so what, are you, what you're about to have here is you're about to have Laban scheming. He's saying, okay, man, I'm about to create some t turmoil in my household. I'll create some conflict here. And the conflict, the scheme that Laban comes up with only ends up becoming a baby-making contest. And we just really see, we learn that Israel has 12 tribes, and we literally see the 12 tribes being built out through this baby-making contest. Mm. And so first, the oldest, the firstborn is Reuben, for she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord had heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. She named him Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, he named him Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Bro, I'm just going to give you a hint. Circle that name right there. We need to remember the name Judah because it's some good stuff going to come through this guy. Amen. All right. But he's going to have to be developed just like everybody else. He starts out the same way. And so you see these names, it would help you to memorize these names because these are the 12 tribes of Israel. A nation is being birthed before us through these sons. And you continue in, in chapter 30, it says, now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else. Then Jacob anger burned against Rachel. And he said, am I in the place of God? whom has withheld you from the fruit of your womb. And here it is. She's scheming too. She says, go into my maid. And so now they start to have children with maid servants, with the women. And it's just a mess. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. <laughs> and Mari, we know who the father is at least. But listen, Laban is behind this. And this is what I'm talking about. When you scheme, God turns these things on his head to teach you something while still accomplishing his purposes. And so you have more children. You have more children born through the maidservant. Verse 6, then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and has given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Then Rachel's maid bore a second son. 
And Rachel, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled with my sister. And she named him Naphtali. And then Leah had saw that she had stopped bearing and took her maid. You see this? It's a baby-making war, but the nation is being birthed through this. And it just shows you how when man sins, when man schemes, what does God do? He redeems. And it says here, Leah's maidservant, Zilpah, bore a son, named him Gad. And then let's fast forward a little. Then we have Asher. And then we have Issachar, Zebulun. And this is in verse 22. It says, then God remembered Rachel. And God gave heed to her and opened her womb. So she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph saying, may the Lord give me another son. And in the midst of that, verse 21, you have Dana being born. And we need to mark her because we're going to talk about her a little later. And chapter 30 ends with God blessing Jacob. And he's a blessed man. In fact, he comes up with this scheme in verse 37, where he takes these rods. It says, then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plane trees and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white, which was in the rods. He set the rods, which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs. And so what is he doing? In fact, ancient Near Eastern literature shows that this scheme is not effective. He's basically putting sticks in the ground and trying to mate the, the animals here. So he's trying to mate the flocks by putting sticks in the ground. Come on, Dustin. I don't think that works. <laughs> That's something my son will do. He'll be outside and say, Dad, look, I'm putting the sticks in the ground. These sheep are going to be spotted over here, and these aren't. What do you say? Okay, son, go ahead. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> That's what's happening. It's this silly method, but this is providence at work. God is still behind him and he's blessing him. And so the flocks made it by the rods and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the stripes. And that's how our chapter ends. Jacob would place a rod in the sight of the flocks Verse 43, so the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flock and female and male servants and camel and donkey. We see the work of God at work. Sin is still taking place. Jacob has met his match. Laban is scheming. Laban's plan of scheming works. It, it makes this baby-making war, this baby-making contest, and the nation of Israel is birthed through that sin. Look at that, bro. Look at how God, we talk about his character, but let's bring in another word now, his providence. Mm. And so even today, we can lean on his providence. We can trust him that he's working, orchestrating things in our lives. We may not see it in the time. I heard this quote before, providence is read better like Hebrew and not Greek. Let me break that down. So Hebrew is read backwards mm -hmm. and Greek is read the regular way like we read English. And so providence is meant to be read after it finishes. You can't look in the middle of something and say, oh, God is at work. Let's follow his hand. It doesn't work like that because you'll end up following luck and following chance. You follow the word of God. You obey God and you look back and say, 
wow, look at that providence. But if you chase these things, you don't do that because Satan is a roaring lion. He's waiting for you to get off of the word of God and, and chase, chase patterns, chase chance, chase happenstance, chase luck. And he's going to say, ha, I got him. All I got to do is imitate patterns, get in there and make some things up and get them off course. That's why we anchor ourselves on the word of God that never fails, is immutable. And we allow the providence to come from obedience. And we are in a good place. Don't you think? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's take it out from there, my guy. Next time we'll pick hey, up day 11. Y'all take care. I'm never